I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking what the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. We got something planned for today's show. But something just came screaming through my brain. When I had the TV on, that I want to do first, and then we'll, we'll get to the topic. And it's a fun topic. It's nothing too serious. Nothing like that. Um, but I just want to bring this up quick. So we brought this up during the Wendy's Big Show. Was it the first hour of the show, second hour? Just for a couple minutes, me and Gary. Uh, about the new Madden video game that's coming up, Madden 23, right? So uh, if you haven't heard, uh, they announced this morning that John Madden uh, is going to be on the cover of the Madden football game. And uh, it's been like 20 years or something like that since he's been on uh, the cover of of his video game. And obviously John Madden passed away, so forth. Uh, And the picture that they're using uh, looks to be the picture that was on the very first computer game or whatever it was of Madden from back in the day. Awesome. Absolutely love it. But I had an idea, and I don't think it's really a topic per se, but it's an idea and I wanted to verbally get it out there for everybody. So. We have the Madden curse, the Madden jinx, right? That's what we have. Why not stop putting current players on the cover of the Madden video game? Why not just be done with it? Say we're not doing it anymore. Now, I don't Now This is what I don't know. Maybe AR can Google it quick. I don't know if these guys get. I'm assuming they get paid. I don't know how much they get paid. So if you're on the cover of the Madden video game, I'm assuming you get something, right? I, I don't know if that's monetary or what it is, but I would assume you get something. I can't imagine these guys are saying, oh, yeah, put me on the cover of the video game, sell all these video games. I don't want any money. So I would assume there's something that that goes along with this. Here's my idea. So instead of doing that, why not every year put a different Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer, on the cover of the Madden video game? Did you find it? Well, what I did find was an old tweet from Tom Pelissero, uh, who was talking about something called the quote-unquote Madden check right. that players get for appearing in the game. Uh, there's no numbers on the cover athletes, but for just appearing in a game, it looks like uh, the latest numbers he has was from 2018. It's like 16,966, so just under 17K. So that's just to be in the game. So the cover guy gets way more than that, obviously, yes. probably. Okay, so this is my point. So instead of having a cover guy of a current athlete, right, why not just... Because people are going to buy the video game because they want to play the video game. Nobody's buying the video game because a certain player is on the cover of the video game, I don't think. Unless maybe you're a Browns I'm, fan, maybe you bought the Peyton Hillis one. Oh my God, Dad. He never should be on the cover of that damn game. <laughs> we had a whole big thing on on Big Show about that when he was on the cover of that. I could not believe that. Either way, let, let's move on. So for me, it's let's just stop that and let's put Hall of Famers on the cover of the video game. Then, 
as the tie-in in ARs video game guy, I found out. As That's a true. as a tie-in to this, like give whoever the player is that's on the cover, give him some type of like, I don't know, superpower is the right word, but like pump him up to where for that year's game, everybody wants that dude in their game at whatever position he is. So like for old people like me, go back to Tecmo Bowl. Like you couldn't stop Lawrence Taylor. You could only hope. Bo Jackson, you couldn't deal with Bo Jackson, right? You had certain guys that just you couldn't deal with. They were just impossible. Give whoever that Hall of Famer is on that cover the the superpower touch or whatever you want to do to boost him up to be that guy that everybody wants to have on their ultimate team or whatever the case may be. And, you know, you can make his price for ultimate team be whatever you want. And then if you're playing just your friends or whatever else, have that opportunity to, you know, just play him without having to buy him or whatever the case may be. I think that would be cool. That's my first point of it. Second point of it is there is no longer a jinx set because these guys aren't playing. So you're not jinxing any current athlete or whatever else if people believe in the jinx thing. Thirdly, you hear of so many dudes that are struggling now that are out there that played back in the 60s, played back in the 70s, need the money, need the help, need all of this, have been forgotten and put aside all these years later. They could use the money. They could use the extra check to come along as well. Now, not all, not all these guys are, are, you know, left behind per se, but some of them are, and they all could use that. I mean, again, I'm not going to sit there and start throwing out guys who I think are, are behind or whatever else, but just think of some of the guys that you watched growing up that are in the hall of fame that will be, for instance, Bart Starr. How cool would that be? Bart Starr is on the cover of Madden. And everybody wants to play with Bart Starr in their video game and they up his arm strength or whatever they want to uh, ratchet up or whatever else, make Bart Starr this like superhero-like quarterback within the game for just that year. And then the next year game that comes out, maybe it's Lawrence Taylor. And maybe the year after that, it's Walter Payton. And then the year after that, it's uh, somebody else, Leroy Butler, whoever it may be. And every year it changes. And then in that year's game only, the, the their numbers go up. And then the following year, that game, that player that got boosted goes back to being how they were before in the video game prior. What do you think, AR? Well, the, my first thought was, and granted, Madden is a lot different than you know, a lot of games that people like myself play and others play. It, it's a sports game. And you, when you brought up Tecmo Bowl, that, that was the first thing I thought yep. of, too, was playing that. And that's... Because my first thought went to, well, that's going to be a completely broken game. It's not going to be balanced, blah, 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 blah. But that's not the point. That's not the point. That's not the point in this kind of a game. It's a sports game. Right. So that makes more sense. See, and you know, that's, to me, I I think it just serves so many different roles. And it's a way to shine a light on the past about a player, right? So when you turn the video game on, I don't know if it's in the games you play. What games do you play? (laughs) I don't know if you're going to know. They're any like of the adventure games, games, right? They're well, not sports games. No. Right. So do they have like a story like trailer in the beginning of the game? Usually, or? yes. Okay. So you tend to have something similar to that in these sports games as well now, right? NBA 2K, whatever the case may be. So in the beginning of these games, not that half these kids watch these trailers, but let's just say they do. In the beginning of this, if the the celebrated athlete, let's say, is Bart Starr, you'd be able to show these young kids... About Bart Starr playing in Super Bowl One, Super Bowl Two, showing highlights of Bart Starr in those games, or watching LT if he's the guy, or Walter Payton or Leroy Butler, you know, highlights or whatever if he's the cover guy on a certain year of Madden. So not only do you get to pay those guys a little bit, you get to remember history. There is no curse. And you get to educate a little bit some of these younger sports fans that are way too young to know who any of these guys are, but now know them because of the video game. Listen, face facts. A lot of your kids that are playing sports games and when they determine who they're fans of is based on video games. That's kind of how this thing goes nowadays. It's, oh, wow. You know, Steph Curry's great. I, I want to be like Steph Curry. I made a lot of shots in this video game. Or this player's really great in this football game. I want to get his jersey. It's not because they're sitting down watching 40 games a year of the NBA or they're watching all 16 games of an NFL team. Like, 
Kids aren't sitting down watching whole sports events. Not very many. There might be some, but there's not a ton. So this now would be a way to kind of educate these kids on past players that maybe you grew up watching or your dad grew up watching or whatever the case may be. And then you have the story and the interaction of, Dad, this Bart Starr guy, you know, I saw his highlights because he's the the new feature player on Madden this year. Did you watch Bart Starr? And now, now you have the conversation. And now you can have the conversation about, oh, I used to go watch him at Lambeau, son, and blah, 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 blah. And you have the whole long conversation. It just serves so many different um, good things, I think, at the end of the day, if if they were to do this. And again, this literally came to me literally as the show open was playing, and that's why I led the show with it. It was not planned. Uh, AR, your thoughts? Well, now I'm not a game designer, but if I were to do this, to your point of, you know, kids don't watch video game trailers, first of all, I think that more kids watch things on like YouTube than you might realize. Oh, I, my kid, my kids live on YouTube. I'm well aware of that. Yeah, right. but and watching it's... kids play video games and watching kids play toys, like my six-year-old Turbo Toy Time. It's a dad and a kid. And they're probably both millionaires, and they just play video games that get sent to them from these manufacturers. Not video games. They just play games, Hot Wheel games, whatever the case may be. Who's that? Uh, the Ryan, that little Ryan's World kid. Go sure. to Target or whatever. He's got this whole line of stuff, and that all started because they had him open Christmas presents. I think one year, can and I, it blew up. Can I just say we're getting way off topic? But That's I just gotta say, fine. I just gotta say, I cannot. Stand Stand those reaction videos where moms and dads buy their kids those little like unboxing toys and then get those quote unquote real time reactions when their kids open up their fancy new toy and they do these reviews. And they make a lot of money from YouTube ad revenue. They're not paying for anything. They're just getting them sent to them because they have millions of people watching them. Right? Cannot stand it. Yeah, I mean it's it's real, but yes, I do understand how kids watch YouTube. Back to what you said. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. So, what I would do if I was a video game designer making these trailers, thinking about how I get more eyes on the trailer at the start of the game, add an Easter egg into it. Add something that's hidden within the trailer that you know if you if you find it, and maybe it's like this is going to sound stupid, but maybe in like the background of a scene that they're showing in the trailer, there's like a hidden link or something. And if you go to that link, then you can get like these downloadable features for the game. DLC oh, in the trailer. Yeah. That you can't Beautiful. access anywhere else. Love it. Great. Love the idea. Right. Because now you're going to force them to watch it to even, get to the end of the trailer to get yeah. something. And even if you, even if it's like forcing them to watch it, they're still doing it. So you might get that sort of, you know, after product of hey, I learned something right. while searching for my code. Yep, I, I just I, I think it is cool. And then on top of that, if you tie the Pro Football Hall of Fame into it as well, now you can have the ads or whatever else advertising within the game. Check out this year's Hall of Fame class coming up in Canton, Ohio, on whatever the day. You could literally tie them right together uh, and cross promote that as well. And we know the NFL; they're all about events and being seen. And being talked about 24-7. And this literally gives you a way, even when nothing is going on, that there could still be conversations within a household about past NFL players and having that conversation within the family. I don't know of any other sport where just like a scouting combine gives people like us in sports talk radio content for days. Yes, correct. No, no question. And, and it's it's so true. And they do a great job with it. So there you go. There was uh, the Madden idea that I had uh, that literally just popped in my brain and we kind of talked it out uh, on the air. So somebody can send that to Madden and uh, go ahead and uh, do it to it and uh, steal my idea. Go for it. Uh, Coming up next, uh, what we were going to lead off the show with, and I got sidetracked by Madden. Front office sports, don't know if you follow them on Twitter or not. They tweeted out something uh, yesterday that I saw and saved and wanted to uh, talk about. And again, it's something fun. They put together a list of the top play-by-play teams in the NFL for the upcoming season. Now, there are five of them, right? You have the ESPN team, the Fox team, the CBS team, the NBC team, and then the Amazon team. And the question is simple. Of of the five play-by-play teams, I'll tell you who they all are coming up next. Who's number one? AR tweeted this out from the 1250 AM fan account. So give us your number one, maybe your top three if you want, 
1250 AM The Fan and dial it up. We'll get to that coming up next. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Swaggy's Midday Matt is presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. As we are coming to you live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. That's lakeland.edu slash get started. Said before the break that uh, Front Office Sports put out this uh, tweet yesterday that we saved and wanted to do today on the madness. Who is your number one play-by-play team that you're looking forward uh, to watching or however you want to rank them uh, at this point? Maybe give us your top three if you want, whatever the case may be. I'll give you the the pairings because it's not easy, I don't think, to remember all these different pairings because so many people have changed places. Okay, ESPN, uh, their play-by-play team on Monday Night Football uh, is going to be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. You've listened to me long enough. You know how, what I think of that duo. Um, so they're, they're, they'll be last for me. Uh, next, uh, Fox, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. I like Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. I'm not sure they're one yet, but I, I'm a big fan. I love Greg Olson. I think he does a good job. Uh, CBS, Jim Nance, who I'm a huge, huge fan of. I've always loved Jim Nance. Uh, and Tony Romo. Did I ever tell you the story about Jim Nance? So nope. years ago... When we started the station in 2005, 2005 or 2006, I don't remember which year it was, but whatever. Um, it must have been 2005 now that I think about it. So, yeah, it was 2005. Um, Chuck Garbedian, who was the original morning show host on our station, and myself were doing the morning show. Uh, and Jim Nance, who was in town or just got into town, was driving to Green Bay maybe for Packers or was in town for something called into the radio show and said, Hey, I just want you guys to know, man, I love this. You know, I think you guys do a great job on the morning show and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And it was Jim Nance. I was, I, I will never, ever forget it. Cause we're originally, they put him on. I was like, yeah, get, get, get out of here. Jim Nance is not called this radio show. Sure enough. 2005, Jim Nance called into the radio show. Never forget it. Sorry. So Jim Nance, Tony Romo, uh, CBS, uh, NBC, Mike Tirico, uh, and Chris Collinsworth, uh, and they still stay Sunday night uh, football for those two. Then on Amazon, the new pairing of Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet for Thursday night football. So Michaels and Herbstreet on Amazon for Thursday night football. So Buck and Aikman, Burkhardt and Olsen, Nance and Romo, Tariko and Collinsworth, Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. How would you rank those Five together. Maybe your top three, I guess, between ESPN, Fox, CBS, NBC, and Amazon. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan, or at Sparky Radio, whichever you'd prefer. Uh, AR, other side of the glass, how do you rank? I'll start with my bottom two, and it pains me to say this, because I really do enjoy Al Michaels, and you know I've been watching him as we all have for years and years and years. Yeah. But I got to put that duo of Michaels and Herb Street in number five. I'm not a Kirk Herb Street guy, and it has nothing to do with his love affair with Ohio State and everything to do with I just don't like the personality he brings on air. And I don't know. I just I never really saw him as and I know he does commentary for college football. I just never saw him doing an NFL kind of game. I could never see him doing NFL. He's just so into college football. I don't know. Five there. Uh, Joe and Troy, four. Uh, I like Tariko. I know some people don't care for him as much, but I like that duo on NBC. I'm sure that'll okay. be fine. Uh, and then I really, really enjoy Greg Olson. When he started doing color, I think a couple of years ago, I thought he was that perfect right-in-the-pocket broadcaster, not going too wacky and crazy, right. but also not knowing what he's talking about. So, And Kevin Burkhart's good, too, so I like that. But I love me some Jim Nance. I love me some I Jim love Nance. me some Jim Nance. Hello, friends. Yep, Nance and Romo. And it helps that he's a golf guy, too, right? I mean, AR's a big golf guy, so that you helps. Yeah, that helps. Okay, so AR puts Nance and Romo as one. Uh, and then Burkhart and Olsen as two and three, uh, Michael or uh, Collinsworth, I should say, and Tariko. 
Uh, Matt tweets at 12.50 a.m. The fan at MKE Admirals. Amazon by a mile if they convince Pat McAfee to join them. Herb Street is the best there is, uh, says Matt. So Matt says Amazon number one uh, with uh, Al Michaels and Kirk Herb Street. First off, like I said, Buck and Eggman for me, uh, they're going to be last. I don't, I can't stand them. No. So they're, they're last. Then for me, it gets tricky because I'm opposite, I guess, of AR a little bit. I love Herb Street doing analyst work. I, I think he's really, really good. Um, I may not necessarily agree with a lot of his college football takes all the time, but as far as an analyst goes, I like Herb Street as an analyst. I like Romo as an analyst. Um, I like Collinsworth and I like Olsen. So for me, all four of those guys are really good. I think if we get to talking about play-by-play guys uh, at this point, um, I, I tend to lean with AR that Nance and Romo are probably still one uh, at this point. And then two for me would probably be Al Michaels and Herb Street. And then three would probably be Tariko and Collinsworth because even though Collinsworth may irritate me from time to time, I think he's pretty good. So that would be my top three. Then Olsen uh, and Burkhart four, and then Buck and Eggman uh, five. That's how I would uh, rank them. So one for me, I agree with him, Nance and Romo. And then two would be Michaels and Herb Street, three, Tarico and Collinsworth. Bob Eastside, you're up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals on the fan. Bob, how would you rank these announcing crews? Well, first of all, the only reason I'm calling back a second time is I told my wife I'd be home by 2.30 from playing golf, and I still got six minutes. Oh, perfect. All right, you're good. <laughs> I'd say, uh, hands down, it's Collinsworth and Tarico, to be honest, hands down for me. And I love Herb. I mean, Herb, oh, my God. And I love uh, the second team of Burkhardt and Olsen. I think those are uh, two guys. Nance is great, but I don't know. I can't get past him for golf. And I just love Collinsworth Tarico. I just I like their style. See, it's interesting that you say that because I think that happens. Thanks for the call. This is, I didn't realize it happened with announcers. I guess I'm learning something here today. So when you're in a, a famous uh, movie, right, or you're in a famous TV show and you're an actor or an actress, then you get pigeonholed into being that guy. Typecasting. Right? So that's what happens. So you're on Friends for all those years, and now it's hard for you to find another job because these directors are like, oh, man, you, Rachel can't be that person in this role. You're Rachel from Friends. Like, I can't put you in this role. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not Rachel. I'm an actress. Jennifer Aston. Let's let me. So that's, that's kind of, it sounds like what you and Bob are doing to the announcers. Herb Street, you're college. You can't do NFL. Nats, you're golf. Sorry, love you, but you got to stick to where you belong. Y'all are doing it to damn announcers. And I, obviously, you're not the only two. I promise you, there are probably a bunch of people listening that agree with both of you on this Nance thing. But I, I, I just, and Herb Street too, probably for college. I, I didn't think that was a thing, but y'all do this to announcers. Maybe a little bit. I mean, maybe I, a little bit. You did it. Bit. You did it. Ain't <laughs> no, no little, little bit. bit. You did it. That's crazy to me. Like, I, I just, I, th- that's, that's wild to me. I mean, I'm not saying he can't do it. I mean, I'm sure he'll do fine. Just, I have always, like you said, I've always just seen him. And granted, I'm 28. I have only associated him with doing that, with doing college game day and with doing the evening college football game on ABC, ESPN, right. whatever. That's my frame of reference for him. Now, if he goes out there and he crushes it, then I will gladly say that I was wrong. But that's just my frame of reference with Herb Street. Yeah, and that's fine. I think a lot of people will be in the same boat as you um, when it comes to Herb Street, where it's like, yeah, like I don't, uh, I, I'm struggling to kind of see, um, you know, pro football when I hear Herb Street doing college football. This is what I've learned over the course of time Al Michaels could make anybody look good next to him. Very true. That That's what I've learned. And that speaks volumes uh, to him and how good he is. Um, but I, I really think that he is that good, that he can make anybody look that good next to him. The one thing that is is kind of amazing to me in all of this is, like, it's a bunch of white dudes outside of Tarico, Who himself prefers to think of himself as Italian, from what I hear. 
Shut up. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, that 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 to me, um, it's kind of uh, a little mind boggling uh, as well that all these number one crews are white dudes uh, at this point. And if you look at overall, all of them, they're all very good, right? I know there's a bunch of people that would say Buck and Aikman are their number one, and they love Buck and Aikman. I'm just not one of those people. I know there are a bunch of people that love Nance and Romo, and I know there's a bunch of people that can ride with Al Michaels and whoever he is. That Al Michaels hire, I think you could argue, was the single biggest move of all of these guys. Like, I think wherever Al Michaels is, in my opinion, that tends to make that the game. That's how I've kind of always thought about it. Wherever Al is, that's where the game is. If I hear Al Michaels' voice, that's the game of the week. Kind of like it was for John Madden for all those years. Wherever Madden was, whether it was with Summerall or whether it was with Al Michaels, wherever John Madden was, that was the game you wanted to watch because Madden was calling the game. I feel like that is Al Michaels right now. That wherever he is, that's it. Now the problem is you have to have the Amazon app in order to watch this thing. And I, I think that is uh, going to be catchy, and we'll have to wait and see. Did you see the other, uh, speaking of this whole thing um, with Amazon having to watch it? I don't know if you saw this news. So you know there's been this talk coming about Bally Sports Wisconsin having their own app or whatever. Oh, great. We get to talk about the Bally Sports app again. No, 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 no. Hold on. I just want to point this out. NESN in Boston, okay, okay they're... Uh, launching NESN 360 streaming app for cord cutters. Not quick. Just entertain me for a second. Uh huh. If you're a cord cutter, why are you a cord cutter? Price. Save money. Right? NESN 360 out in Boston will stream for $29.99 a month. A month? A month. That's three hundred and <laughs> what is that? Three hundred and sixty dollars a year. I saw that and started laughing. Like, what is the point? I'd rather just have Direct TV or cable or whatever. Why would I pay thirty dollars a month? Okay, good. So I got that. And for like another thirty dollars a month, I can have like everything, including your NESN. Like, what is the point? I don't get it. But that's where we're going until because, they start uh, doing exclusivity of their broadcasts on that streaming network. Well, maybe, and maybe that's where it goes next. But as of right now, you start adding up all these apps y'all are paying for. Y'all are probably still paying 50, 60 bucks a month at this point. Is my guess. We're doing $10 here. We're doing $12 there. And now here comes this Bally app. That's going to be what? 20 bucks or whatever. It's going to be a month. So then you're going to have to pay for that. Like, if you sit down and add up all the stuff you subscribe to, are you really saving money at this point? See, I've got it down to a science because we've talked on the big show, Sparky, before about my partner and I kind of having the, she does this, I do that. We right. work together on Teamwork. things. Teamwork. Well, when it comes to streaming, it's largely her stuff. Like, she has the Hulu, she has the Netflix, she has the Amazon Prime. The only thing I bring to the table, which out of context is going to sound awful, is HBO Max. That's oh. the only thing I have a subscription So you like for. HBO Max? I do. I think it's very good for what you get. Now, in the beginning, that app was riddled with bugs and glitches, but they've worked it out, and it's really good. And then the only other thing I think I pay subscription-wise for, I did WWE Network for a little bit, $9.99, yeah. but there's not enough there to keep it, so we I got rid of it. Disney Discovery Plus. That's what we've got. That's 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 where it's at right now. Oh, and then Hulu because we got the ESPN bundle with Disney, so you get Hulu thrown into right. that with Disney. So I guess Hulu, but we never ever watch Hulu. So there's Netflix. We don't have Netflix. We don't do that. Never have done Netflix. That might be the next one that gets the axe. Honestly, yeah, haven't had Netflix ever, and I uh, can't say that I miss not having Netflix one way or the other. Uh, don't really ever use it, uh, or never would really use it because as we pointed out earlier with Gary and stuff. Really not a huge sit down and watch movies at home guy. Like it just doesn't happen. And if it we do do it, it's normally one of those animated movies that the six year old can watch. So there's cartoon related and it's on Disney Plus. I can't do movies at night. And you know and other people know too. I work at a golf course in the morning. I'm yeah, up. You gotta be at there at five in the morning or whatever. Yeah. So as if we start watching a movie anytime after eight thirty, you're just falling like, asleep. Anything, movies, yeah. TV. Like I tried watching Whose Line Is It Anyway on HBO Max the other night. Right. I love Whose Line. Most people love Whose Line. Within ten minutes, I'm out. 
Yep. Huh? Out. Got to stay awake. And you were outside doing yard work before that. All right. Coming up next, uh, we're going to hear from Kurt Hogue, Brewers beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, he'll join us uh, straight ahead as we replay back to you what he said earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. Straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM. The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. How are you doing on a Wednesday? If you missed anything on the Wendy's Big Show, Kurt Hoke from the Brewers, uh, beat writer from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We'll play that back for you right now if you missed that. But Andy Herman, Packer Report, Packer Day Podcast. He was on earlier today. Ben Haas. The former president of the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation, talking about the Vince Lombardi uh, Golf uh, Classic, the 50th anniversary of that. He's the chairman uh, of that whole deal. And he joined us in the third hour of the show earlier today uh, in just uh, all three of them. Really, really good interviews. So if you missed any of that or missed any of the other things we talked about today, uh, you think the Brewers' poor defense will cost them down the road? How concerned are you about the health of David Bakhtiari? After hearing uh, from uh, Matt LaFleur, we got into talking about what sequel was better than the original, going off of Top Gun Maverick that uh, we saw over the weekend, uh, and then how much interest do you have in the match uh, tonight with Aaron Rodgers. All that covered on The Big Show. Go to BigShowNetwork.com, BigShowNetwork.com, uh, and you can hear all of that as uh, our guy A.R. Adam Roberts does a great job of putting all of that stuff up on the website or simply hit Rewind on your Odyssey app. Mike, the painter, you are next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's up? I'll tell you the truth. I'd still rather hear Pat Summerall and John Madden call again than all the other combined. But I do like some Nance and Robo and Kurt Herbstreet and Al Michaels. I will tune in to watch them, too. Michaels and Herbstreet, do you have Amazon, Mike? Yes, I do. Yeah, so you'll be able to watch him then. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. All right, Mike, so, thanks for the call. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Madden and Summerall were great. I got no problem with Madden and Summerall. And that could be a whole nother topic. Like, what old play-by-play team would you want to watch them call one more game of? I would have loved to have been, you know, an up-and-coming child in, like, the 70s watching Al, Dan Deerdorf, and Frank Gifford do Monday Night Football. And don't forget about Cosell. And I can't forget about Cosell. Howard Cosell. Yeah, Howard Cosell was, uh, and again, that was a dude that you tuned in to watch because you didn't know what he was going to say. Those guys don't exist anymore. There's not that guy. Like, who's that guy that you tune in because you don't know what he's going to say? Cosell was that rare play-by-play guy. Well, that was that way. I don't know if a Cosell would make it today. I don't. Because of how just society is and everything else, I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if he would have been allowed to even be on TV long enough to establish himself with with the opinions that he had. And again, a lot of it was opinions, but a lot of it was controversial. And I'm not, I don't know if he would have made it into today's uh, TV world the way it's uh, all goes now. All right, earlier today, Kurt Hoke for the Brewers beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel joined us. And we asked him the first topic that we had on the show today leading up to him, which was, do you think this Brewers poor defense 
will cost him down the road. Caratini trying to pick off a runner and hits him. The ball goes rolling into right field. Here on a double play ball, overthrows Roddy Tellez at first base on a horrible throw. God, he's bad defensively. Uh, and then you look at uh, two balls that Christian Yelich should have had in left field. Tyrone Taylor misplayed a ball in right field. I mean, it was just a comedy of errors last night in that Brewers game. That's what led to the question. And this is what led to Kurt Hoag's answer. Oh, boy. Putting me right on the spot. Here we go. Um, I... It could. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'm going to say no. I think that they not only need to make some additions to the offense, but maybe round it out a little bit defensively as well. The, the DH spot allows for some flexibility there when you add some players. So bring some guys in and uh, and have that thing shored up by come, come playoff time. Uh, but right now it's not. I think I wrote today that their defense isn't bad. But it's definitely not good either. Yeah, Kirk uh, Gary Ellison here, and I, and I would agree with you. And I, and I was telling Steve here earlier that I, I think you know you, you've got a lot of guys out, you got a lot of guys hurt. Um, I think I think it's still early enough in the year. Although you did have some errors last night, it's kind of been consistent so far throughout the year. But I think if you look at the standings, I think you'd be happy. Uh, where they are, and in, in a national league, I mean, I think they're like in third place, and of course, they're in first in their division. So, even with that being said, and with the guys that you have injured, I still feel like the Brewers are in a good place. I still think they are in a, in a ascending team right now, where they still haven't reached their peak. Yeah, I mean, if you if you if you're ranking like the top, you know, X amount of players on the roster coming in, the guys they're missing are not at the bottom of that list. You know, Willie Adamas is at the top. Brandon Woodruff, who's now hurt, is at the top. Freddie Peralta is at the top. Hunter Renfro is near the top. So, like, they're not missing, you know, reserve role players. They're missing regular starters. And on this really tough road trip, they've held serve. I think they're 6-4 and four coming into the final game tonight uh, as, as this long, grueling road trip finally relents. So, 32-19, and 19, I don't think many Brewers fans are going to complain about that. Maybe got some nitpicky ones. Uh, I don't think the Brewers are going to be upset about how they're playing well, either. And even last last night, like, you know, tough loss, I guess. But they're still right there. You know, they, they didn't play great ball at all, and they still could have won. But see, that's the thing. I mean, yes, the road trip's over, which is good. You come home to see the Padres. Oh, goody, for four. I can't wait. Um, but but for, from my perspective, it's Yelich, who's been the lightning rod, obviously, and you're well aware of that. But Lorenzo Cain also hasn't been playing well. And then you have Tyrone Taylor, who's in there because of Hunter Renfro. And we talked to Tim Dillard about this yesterday when we had Tim Dillard on. And I just don't know how much longer. I know Yelich isn't going anywhere. So fine, let's move on. But Lorenzo Cain is at the end of his contract. He's getting older. He's getting beat up. Obviously, he loves Tyrone Taylor, calling him a dog and that whole thing the other day. So we know he's behind Tyrone Taylor. Is Council going to find himself in a position where he may have to start considering playing him over Cain more? I think, I mean, right now with, with Hunter Renfro out, it kind of lends itself to you almost have to play both of those guys a lot Correct. of the time uh, just b- because Andrew McCutcheon, another guy who's in a, in a slump right now, I think he's over his last 28 or so, which um, with some hard hit outs in there. But, but yeah, you end up having to play Kane and Taylor every day. But I think when Renfro comes back, which, you know, they're hoping for maybe not the beginning of the Padres series, maybe the end of that or the next series, like, Tyrone Taylor, it feels like he's going to play every day. I mean, what evidence is there to suggest that that should not happen besides Lorenzo Cain's defense has still been fine in his contract? I mean, Tyrone Taylor is like, it's kind of been his MO, his whole, you know, his whole brief career. It's like whenever he plays, he produces, right? So um, the the bat just, the bat plays and the, the, the athleticism, the defense, we saw that uh, on Monday night in Wrigley, that plays. So, I don't. I don't really. I mean, like when when Renfro comes back and the outfield kind of gets a log jam there again. I expect Taylor to still get the lion's share of the starts, and it does help that you've got a guy in Kane who is a even though he's a veteran and making lots of money, he is he's he seems to be you know conceding the fact that okay, you know if, if Taylor's outplaying me, like let this kid play. Right, he understands it, and and then that's why you have him on your team because he's not going to cause you know any disruptions that way, which is good. And I think though. Although Taylor has been playing well, I still think that's a positive for the Brewers because I think, you know, he br- they brought him in as a platoon player. And now, of course, the fans want to see him play more. 
And and I don't know. He's hot, good, stick with him. But I think at some point he cools off. And then I think you're back to where you were. And then you, well, you have moving parts that you still can replace. Yeah, I mean, this is about as good as we've ever seen Tyrone Taylor. Um, I don't – definitely, yeah, you're not going to expect him to – what's he hitting, like 400, 350 over, you know, the last – couple of weeks that's not going to stay forever with with the power that he's that he's got but I mean he's been an above average bat so you know his entire career but the good the, the thing about the Brewers offense which leads the league in home runs <laughs> somewhat surprisingly at least or at least it did going into yesterday's games like that's not what I expected from this offense for sure but you know they can kind of mix and match uh based on the day and, and it's still even you know once you get these guys back it's it's a it's a pretty deep lineup it might not be the greatest but um, you can kind of pull from a variety of parts and and mix and match once you know you kind of have to make these decisions between Taylor and Kane and Renfro and like when does Jace Peterson and all those guys play? <laughs> That's uh, a lot. So years ago, you know, you had the the Bronze, the Fielders, the Weeks, the Hardys, the Hearts. They all came up together. They were through with together through the minors. Braun was a little bit behind them, but the rest of those guys were together. And they won at every level. And, and then they get up here, and there's high expectations. And all of a sudden, they get on a major league field, and Hardy's a mess. Uh, Ricky Weeks was a mess for years defensively. And it was okay, though, because, as Doug Melvin would later say, it was kind of honey, a kind of a honeymoon of letting these guys figure out the major league level, take your bumps and bruises, and build towards the future. They're not in that same position right now to let Keston here takes his bumps and bruises defensively and try and figure things out. I mean, they're in win now mode while they still have Burns and Woodruff. I would have to imagine. And last night's another shining example. He he should not be on the field defensively. And the only place you can legitimately hide him is DH or first base, kinda. But I don't even really want him at first base at this point. But if he hits, they've got to figure out a way for him to play. Yeah, uh, once again, Sparky, it's another lineup conundrum facing the Brewers. And what makes Hira interesting is, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, is like the, he doesn't hit lefties. He's a right handed hitter who mashes against righties yep. and doesn't hit lefties. And so that makes it kind of tricky with their current, you know, just the way the lineup's constructed. But I, I think it makes a lot of sense to start playing him as the DH against right-handed hitters. I mean, he's got an OPS of like over – a thousand, like twelve hundred, something in that range. Crazy. Whereas he's hitting like a hundred, a hundred against lefties. Yep. Um, it's total reverse of what you'd expect. And you're right. I don't think you want him playing second base very much. They kind of had to yesterday with uh, um, with a lefty starter on the mound. So he put Sid Jace Peterson and then Colton Wong's uh, was hit by a pitch, and so that swelled up a little on him. So he was unavailable. But yeah, that's. I don't. I don't think. Uh, Kesson here is the, the, a guy in big games you want out there defensively. DH might be a good spot for him because uh, he can hit righties. And McCutcheon's been getting a lion's share of those, but you know, as we've as we had just said, he's over his last twenty eight. So, so it's it's certainly it's certainly just a bunch of moving parts and a bit of a a bit of a puzzle that they have to put together and the fact that here is like got these reverse splits doesn't make it any easier no question kurt hogbrew is beat writer for the milwaukee journal sentinel joining us on the schneider orange highline here on the wendy's big show kurt i guess we need to talk about an elephant in the room and that obviously would be christian yelich into how this is going to play out with him throughout the year uh if he continues i guess to, to struggle like he's struggling i don't know if we'll ever see the old Christian Yelich back, the guy that won the MVP and all that stuff back. But it, it it feels like we're getting a lot of phone calls. We're getting a lot of emails. We're getting a lot of Twitter stuff that, you know, that he's not playing as well as he should. Yeah. The interesting thing there is like you see MVP Yelich for very short stints, you know, hits for the cycle in Cincinnati um, I think he there's not. And of course, some people would say. The then some people would say that was Cincinnati. And that is that is, <laughs> that's a good counter. I think you know he was hot against. It might have been the Pirates or some other team like yeah. that early in the season. Um, still counts, you know. The, the stats I agree. Count for you, but like, and then he kind of goes in, into the stretches where it's not MVP Yelich, and he's you know kind of looks like he's just struggling to maybe stay on the ball, um, to drive the ball. You know, the the hard-hit balls have been there all season. I do think he's been a bit unlucky, but you're, you're, you're right. I mean, going into last night, I think his OPS had dipped below 700, which is just not what you want or, you know, you can't, you, you can't have that consistently from your three-hole hitter. 
Um, I don't know if they'll move him throughout the year, but he's going to play every day. He's you know, going to be their left fielder going forward. But uh, like I said last time I was on with you, I think it was opening day. There's not a whole lot of guys that can elevate the ceiling of the offense significantly. I mean, there's a bunch of guys who you're like, okay, you know, this guy's a good hitter. He'll bring X, Y, Z. But not a whole ton of guys that have a different level that they can reach. And I'm not sure what, you know, what to do in terms of tempering expectations with Yelich reaching that level for prolonged stretches. Because like I said, we see it in short stretches, but then, you know, it's three games later and it's gone again. Okay, see, but this is the thing, right? So <laughs> Christian Christian Yelich was like a 20-foot vaulted ceiling in a house, and now he's like an 8-foot drop ceiling in an office. I mean, the, the, the ceiling appears much different for Christian Yelich where it was to where it might very well be now. And it, I agree with you. If he's hot and he's Christian Yelich of three years ago, yeah, he can carry an offense. He can make a huge difference. The problem is in that three-hole, he can also bring an offense down by not being able to do his job. Yeah, I, I don't think – I would say – I think it's the best way I'd put it is this. Like, I don't think Yelich has hindered the offense at all much this year. I mean, he hasn't been – he has not been that – what did you call it? A 20-foot vaulted ceiling right. at all. Um, he hasn't been – bad but you're asking for more out of him and especially when you see those those little those runs where it's like oh that's that's the swing like that's the locked in guy that we saw for for two years but then it's just it's just he's you know for whatever reason isn't able to stretch that together even you know maybe not even that for that level for an extended stretch but close to that level or something resembling that for like a month um just hasn't put that together and so we are where we are. Yeah, we are. Hey, I got one more for you for people uh, that like Seinfeld, Jason Alexander, because he gets a, a start tonight uh, for the Brewers. So please do tell all of us uh, how good this kid really is. I, I saw his AAA numbers, but I don't know a ton about him. Well, I mean, it's another guy that the Brewers kind of bring in from another organization. Uh, they tinker with with his repertoire like they, you know, they're whether it's their scouting people or their analytics people, they see something that they think can make this guy a successful pitcher. They implement those changes, and then when they get to the big league level, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. So, um, it's I mean, it's a testament really to kind of the Brewers' ability to develop pitching right. in, just in, in unconventional ways. Like, you know, Aaron Ashby developing him is, is still a challenge, but not as challenging as kind of bringing guys in you know, that were with other organizations weren't top prospects and then turning them into big leaguers. And it feels like the Brewers have like five of these guys on the roster right now, which is partially because of injuries. But um be interesting to see. I don't really know what to expect from him tonight. It's the second major league debut for a Brewers pitcher in three days. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. And and, and the, the memes and the gifs online, th- th- those th- those will be fun. There he is, Kurt Hogue, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Brewers beat writer, joining us earlier today. Follow him on Twitter at C-Y-R-T Hogue, H-O-G-G. Uh, always fun having Kurt on uh, the show. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk with Rami Makhlouf. He is seated and ready to go for his show coming up at 3 o'clock. Plus, we'll tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's Wendy's Big Show as well. Sparty's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back. Sparty's Midday Madness presented to you by... The Milwaukee Admirals. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. The offseason upon us for the Admirals. Always stuff going on with the Admirals. Always out in the community. Always doing different events and fun stuff. So again, check them out. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Ronnie Makhlouf is here to tell us what's going on. His show coming up here at 3 o'clock. What do you got, buddy? Coming up on the show today is Steve Sparky. Fight for We Will Explore. A lot of talk about, and I heard you talking about it with Kurt Hogue, Lorenzo Cain, and how long the Brewers can can sit back and watch him not produce. Yeah, yesterday we did a topic, should Tyrone Taylor be starting yeah, we when everybody's about, healthy? We talked about that last week and on the show. everybody said that, yes, and he should be starting in front of Lorenzo Cain. what Cain? about Andrew McCutcheon? He shouldn't be in the outfield regardless. They brought him in to be a DH. So he shouldn't factor long, into it. How long can you wait for him to figure things out? Oh, the way they're paying him $10 million? Yeah. They'll wait all year. Really? You think so? Yeah. That's not a ton of money. It's a one-year deal. He's been... And I love Andrew McCutcheon. You got him for Great, better dude. in leadership, and you hope he hits. But if Keston Hira hits more than he hits, 
than Keston Hira is going to play. Well, right now, Keston Hira is killing right-handers, yes, right-handed pitching right now. Yes, he is. Like over 1,000 OPS, I think Hoke said. Like he, Hira's got to play over him. Hira certainly should never be in the field ever again. He's horrible. He's been horrible. That throw from second, I swear to God, you could have given you 10 opportunities at that same throw. I don't think you could have thrown that ball that bad. I got a good arm, though. I'm not, I'm a bad example. He, dude, he sailed that ball so yeah, he bad. Did. Oh, my God. Yeah, he and did. then Yelch is out there bumbling and, and dropping balls. Taylor misplayed a ball in right field. Their defense, I'm telling you, it's going to cost them. It's, Mark my words. It's It's been shaky. Colton so Wong's a gold glover. Doesn't look anything like a gold glover. Did you hear, balls did you hear when else? I asked Will Salmon about that? No. He said uh, Colton Wong told him he's trying to break in a new glove, and he didn't have as much time as he usually does in spring training to break in a new glove. So that's why he's been bobbling, bobbling balls a little bit here and there. What's on your show today? <laughs> I swear to God, that's what Will Salmon told me. I'm, I'm, and that came from Colton Wong. Sure. I'm just telling you, I'm, don't shoot the messenger, man. I'm yeah, just yeah. telling you. Fine. I'm just telling you what, 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 what was told to me. All right. Breaking in a new glove. It can be, that's, that's a process. There are times I'm glad I'm not in that clubhouse anymore. <laughs> About don't use... How about use your old glove? If you didn't have time to break in a new glove, how about use your old glove? That's not a, that's common, not a bad idea, right? Now we're going back to common sense. You can relace that thing if it's falling apart a little bit. Patch it up. You can break that one in on the side. Break that one in on the side ready while, to you're go, using, use while you're using the old one. one. Yeah. He's got a glove manufacturer. Can he get a glove when he wants a glove? Can't you get a glove pre-broken in? I would imagine <laughs> if you're Colton Wong, you can. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it costs too much. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But that's what that, that whole thing. That's makes... how he was. Ex- that's how he explained his early struggles in the field. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.